I just want to see how many episodes we had. Mm-hmm. And I saw that Lex wins the next reward challenge. I'm like, fuck you, Paramount Plus! <laughs> every season! Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that really is just an entire filler episode. Who needs challenges when you can just go on an adventure? I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what's up? Welcome to our filler episode. <laughs> I liked this episode. No, it's great. It's a great episode. It throws you off of your Survivor rhythm, though, yeah. with how much just non-game it is. Zero gameplay in this episode. It's wild which we'll get to <laughs> what have you been up to this week uh steven yeah my favorite week of the year mm-hmm. is midnight on christmas through noon on new year's eve okay T- tell me tell me why i call it limbo week nobody needs anything nobody knows what day it is <laughs> time does not matter and it is my favorite holiday. I try to speak to no one. I really do take it as like a pre like New Year's refresh. And mm-hmm. it kind of started that way by accident just because like it's always vacation. Yeah. But now I'm like actively observing it. And I, this is going to be Survivor Turning Back Time's podcast first inaugural holiday. Oh, go Limbo on. Limbo week. Limbo week. Even hey. though this will come out way after Limbo week. This will come out... Uh, Monday. Because we're recording on New Year's Eve. Sure. Also, Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's. Maybe the best holiday of the year. Uh, second, Halloween. Okay. You like the ones where you can uh, dress up and get slutty? Yes, and drunk. Okay. <laughs> I like the party holidays. I love it. I love my family, but family gatherings are fine. I like my chosen family better. <laughs> Aww. And that's Halloween and New Year's. You spend, You don't have family obligations. You just get to spend it with whoever the fuck you want. Valid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How are you, Stephen? Good. I, you were exactly right. There was nobody in office this week. It was real quiet. Not a whole lot to do. Oh, it was great. And then I get a nice four-day weekend when I feel like I didn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I actually was like, man, I gotta get back to like life and work and rehearsal here soon. That's gonna be like tomorrow, right? Wait, no. That's three days from now. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. I'm gonna take this time... I'm going to chill out, I'm going to watch some football, I'm going to play some video games, it's going to be great. You got to play more disco. (laughs) I did, I picked up Disco Elysium at Jared's request, and it was a good time. Have you played it since I watched you play it? I haven't played it since then. I'm glaring at Steven. I know, you are. our audio listeners. Okay. (laughs) Jared's going to stare me down for the next hour, so enjoy that. Speaking of things that you can enjoy, emails! You can email us. <laughs> I hate it. Good. I'm glad. You can email us at SurvivorTBT at gmail.com, or you can get us in other ways, like Twitter, at SurvivorTBT, or you slash SurvivorTBT on Reddit. That was about as clean as I've done that. Yep. It's and great. one day we'll have an Instagram. <laughs> Still yeah. haven't done that. Yeah. I was going to let Jared do that, but we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> That's on Jared time, baby. Yeah. Mm, delicious. So emails, we have emails from everybody. Some go into the future. Some people are preempting the finale, which I appreciate, so we won't get that far. But we'll get some some good stuff. First up from Tyler. Tyler has a couple emails. One, this is from a while, almost more than a week ago because of how our recording schedule went. Yes, and also, side note, I'm very excited to be back on a normal recording schedule with you. <laughs> yes, we will be doing two a week. From now on, well, I shouldn't say from now on, for the foreseeable future. We do like the job of releasing two a week. We just yeah. record them in big marathon sessions yeah. and then go away for two weeks. We figure that you would rather us get two episodes out than have them spaced in a way that you can clearly communicate with us. We're always going to get, we're going to try to get those two out, regardless of when we record. Anyway, from Tyler, apparently Kelly was the alternate female for All Stars. We, we talked about that before, mm-hmm. that that was... That was something that could have happened. Accolades, post-survivor accolades, being the Cluett Chair in 2012. I don't know what that is. Multiple awards, the Sidney J. Levy Award for Excellent Teaching of an Effective Class. 
Neat. And being one of the youngest faculty members ever to be nominated for the LG Levensgood Outstanding Professor of the Year Award. These are some great statistics that I know nothing about. Yeah, I mean, that all sounds very impressive. And just the fact that she's pretty young on this season and then, you know, the where are they now? She was like had already taught at Northwestern and stuff. Yeah. Very successful. Good for her. Yeah, and then cast apparently five people for Vanuatu. So we'll put a pin in that and reveal who those are when we start watching and evaluate if she did a good cast. They're the, the first five boots that in would, a row. would be really funny. <laughs> we know at least one is the first boot, so that's funny. And finally, after being featured in Chicago Magazine 2010 as one of Chicago's hottest singles, she later married and had twins in 2015. A second email from Tyler. Brandon graduated from East Central University in Oklahoma in 2013 and currently works as a registered nurse. Hmm. Got married in 2016, and the EW interview is interesting because it talks a lot of gay Survivor fans really dislike Brandon because they saw him being endowed with many of the negative stereotypes associated with gay people. That's totally valid. I can see that. You know, we, I talked in the beginning of the season about how Brandon is much more outwardly flamboyant than, like, Rich, for example. Yeah. And, yeah, I could see the that community not loving that representation in a time when negative stereotypes were much, much, much more common. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, neither of us are in that community, so we're not going to talk to about, like, what we think is a good or poor representation of the gay community, but, like... I can understand why they would feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. A couple emails from Josh. Josh, I don't have anything to say about... Uh, the episode, but I recommend Outer Wilds. Oh, I love Outer Wilds. I haven't played... Okay, I say that. I haven't played it yet, but it's on my it's on my list. I just picked up 13 Sentinels, mm-hmm. um, and then Outer Wilds is the next one on my list because I love a good non-linear story and a good mystery. So I know a lot about Outer Wilds and the structure of the game and nothing else, but I've it's been recommended to me a few times, and I'm so excited to play it. And then we have... Another email from Josh, this one about today's boot. So I'm going to I'm going to hold on that one and then a finale episode from Josh. So we'll hold hold on to these for a little bit. Cool. And finally, Carl, Carl's email from episode 10. Going to start by replying to your guys comments on the episode 7 email for this one. Okay with emotional players and votes in general. That's actually what I like most about Brandon is that he was messy. He just seemed more mean-spirited than I like in some confessionals. Yeah, I, I wish he had a little bit more direction, but I, I can appreciate being a little messy. Yeah. yeah. That being said, reading his post-game interviews makes Carl like him more. Mm. Yeah. With you on Kelly, just thought the way she phrased the introvert comment was funny. Yeah. Definitely not actually offended by it. Valid. And then this episode's comments for 10. Frank, after saying he's old-fashioned, says, I won't even go there. Definitely some latent homophobia there that he wants to avoid expressing on TV. Mm-hmm. Like or, or they cut and left the, the least gross version of it in. Valid. Like I said, he's one of those that I love as a character for the quotes and drama, but wouldn't want to spend an extended period of time with. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Where was Frank on January 6th? That's all I want to know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm I just asking questions. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Don't want to know. <laughs> Where are they now? Frank is currently in jail. For, no, I'm, allegedly. I'm kidding. Just don't want to get sued. The Survivor Turning Back Time podcast is talking speculatively. <laughs> Lex may have smiled after Brandon left, but it's worth noting that they often doctor those tribal council reaction shots. Valid. Mm. I have definitely noticed that before, that the things get doctored and taken out of context. So, like, take that for what it is. Yeah. There's one far in the future where it's totally fake that I actually really dislike, and we'll get there when we get there. Perfect. A couple notes in the, on a Brandon interview that he found. Said he heard homophobic slurs growing up a lot in rural Oklahoma. Even though he wasn't out, he was flamboyant enough to get that. Sad. Yeah. And, like, it's such a... I hate that. And kids are awful. Like, I don't know if he, yeah. heard, if, if he heard it from adults or kids, but, like, kids are garbage. Or at least back, you know, when... Back in the 2000s, kids were garbage. Yeah. And that had two different ways, that Frank was being blatantly homophobic, and Tom would make homophobic comments, but not in a malicious way. Said Tom was invited him to stay on the farm with him. 
He told Tom that he'd tell all his neighbors that he slept with him. <laughs> Tom's response was, aw, sugar bear. We're going to talk a lot about Tom this episode, yeah. but I, I love that. That's cute. And then episode 11, the one with Peeping Tom. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, that's, that, I like Good that, pun. Carl. Way to go. Jewish can be a religion or ethnicity, and the ethnicity is broken down into several subcategories, such uh, as... Sure. Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi yeah. yeah. Sephardic, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where in the world did the diaspora take you because of which time your family was driven out of which lands? And then find Tom problematic in several ways, but don't think the, he's a Jew scene, it's bad. Don't think Ethan was offended by it. I am gonna disagree slightly here. Yeah, I think Ethan told us he was. <laughs> yeah, he, he talked him down. He, yeah. he definitely reprimanded him, even in like the nicest way. It was very like, hey, what you did was not okay. Like, let's let's fix this. But when he calls Tom a bigot, I think he's just messing with his friend, not genuinely upset. I think it's a little of both. I think it's, yeah, I think it's messing with his friend and educating his friend at the same, and also being a little bit offended. But like, I think Ethan takes that moment educationally. Yes. Yeah. And that, <laughs> however, he is 100% a lecherous creep though. <laughs> yeah. Although... I, this episode, we get a little bit of backstory on everyone in his family, and it enlightens so much. Yeah. So, let's get to that. And Australia has emus, not ostriches. Steven said Australia had ostriches. I said Australia we both had did. ostriches. Yeah. I thought, I thought they had both. Yeah. Hmm. All right. The more you know. I wonder what they cut from previous Frank combos. Maybe we could have been graced with his opinions on welfare queens or immigrants. <laughs> I would rather not see that. Yeah, I, if I wanted to see that, I would just look at any, again, once any of my uncle's Facebook pages. Hey! On that note, bumper. Alright, so this episode came out on December 27th of 2001. Uh, a couple things that happened during this time. I'm going to butcher this name. Burhan Duin Rabani who is the political leader of the Afghan Northern Alliance, hands over power Afghanistan to the interim government headed by President Hamid Karzar. So basically, we had knocked out all of, or at least one major section of organized, recognized resistance in Afghanistan, and now it was all Taliban. And then we did that for 20 years. Oopsie doops. Oopsie doops. And actually, there might be more regions. I don't know. But anyway... Where Afghanistan was at this point, we think it's going well. It doesn't. Time Magazine names New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani Person of the Year. Oh, shit. For his leadership after the 9-11 attacks. Again, he was really good at leading after the 9-11 attacks. He, yeah, he did an okay job for like a minute. As a public face, he did a good job in that section of time. Yep. He then continues on to be one of the most horrible human beings in, on the face of the planet. Yeah. And just kind of melts every time he's on camera. Like, literally just... <laughs> anyway. And then the People's Republic of China is granted permanent normal trade relations with the United States. So I don't know what our trade relations were before, but mm. the way that we trade with China now was set up between these two weeks of Survivor. Mm. Now, the song of the week was still How You Remind Me from Nickelback, but more interestingly... The box office. Go on. So Lord of the Rings is still number one, and it's more than double number two. I can't imagine Lord of the Rings is going to fall off anytime soon. Weirdly enough, Harry Potter's all the way down at five. The first movie wasn't as big of a deal as I expected it to be. It, I mean, it was, it was aimed at kids, and yeah. it was essentially a kid's movie. And it, it's very whimsical and magical, but it is a kid. The first movie is nowhere near the same tone as the last couple. Yeah. I'm going to go from the bottom of those top five. So go on. Ali is number four. Oh. I'm assuming that's Muhammad Ali. I didn't look it up. Didn't feel important. Ocean's Eleven still hanging on at number three. But number two, Jimmy Neutron, boy genius. Yes! This is the premiere week of Jimmy Neutron. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. I loved Jimmy Neutron growing up. Did you love the movie or the TV show? I forgot there was a movie until a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, but I probably liked the movie as a kid, mm -hmm. but I think I discovered the TV show first. The movie was essentially a long trailer for the TV show. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it, it, it's a Nickelodeon movie. It, it wasn't like a property that was bought by Nickelodeon and then made into a TV show, which you see in a lot of other ways. But they, they had planned this out. They knew what this was. 
Have you gone back and watched any Jimmy Neutron lately? No, but the animation in like memes I've seen is awful. Yes. The, I've seen stories about how if the animation was not broken enough to effectively distract from the episode, they just left it broken. I, I was thinking the same thing, which okay. is why I was looking it up. Yeah, so you're right. The animation, there's rumors that the animation and production schedule was insane, that they had problems like power loss and all of this, but I found an AMA from one of the creators of the original movie on Reddit. Okay. And this is just a fun little factoid. Uh, it's from 11 years ago, mind you. Are there any secret things that only you know that you'll say? And the the uh, original poster, the AMA. There are edited shots of Jimmy and his crew sharing a joint, an animation sequence of every character giving the finger to the camera, and a ton of drawings of Judy, the mom, in various outfits and poses. Oh my god. As far as what made it to the movie, not much really. Every bit of writing has some significance to the person who put it in there. Every license plate I did was some sort of reference or someone's initials. The number on the train refers to the government's LSD program in the 60s. Oh my god. There are artists' initials all over the place. One guy even put writing in the dust in the kitchen window. It's not visible in the movie, but if the light hits it just right, it appears. Some of the character models in the film were based on actual people in the studio. That's all what I can recall. I'm sure there was more further down the pipeline that I wasn't privy to. That's wild. <laughs> they apparently had very little oversight in creation of this movie. You know what? I'll be good for them. I'm glad. <laughs> When you could throw in the fun little things that only you know about, I'm all for it. Love those Easter eggs. Yeah. <sighs> Anything else? No, unfortunately, this is not a Jimmy Neutron podcast. This is a survival podcast, so I'll stop going into the, the weird oral history of the making of Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> hey, it is a Paramount property, so... That's true. Paramount sponsor us. It's a Paramount. And fix your fucking app. Send us things. Oh, speaking of things, yes, fix your fucking app. I also had some issues this week just trying to watch the episode. I reached out to the winner of this season. Oh. They have not responded to me yet. Okay. So if you're listening to this, we'd love to have you on. Throwing that out there. But we'll see what happens. Sure. I, I would love to get them in for a, like either a bonus episode or the a little interview in the final episode. Yeah. but I mean, of course we would. That'd be awesome. Highly unlikely that they would do that sure we'll i'm sure see. they get shit like this all the time sure episode 12 the big adventure and boy do we go on a big adventure we sure do half of this episode is just reward yeah the <laughs> i'm so interested to see your protagonist of the episode because a majority of this episode is just two people yeah we start off the episode ethan i feel alone despite being surrounded by all these people this is the lamest foreshadowing I've ever seen. Go, tell me more. Like, so much of this episode is just the reward challenge that we get almost no camp life this episode at all. Yeah. And so this one... Like, they, they've done this a couple times this season. Last episode, I think it was, with the reward challenge auction, mm -hmm. they talk about, like, oh, we're, we're hungry, missing creature comforts, we are sick of cornmeal... We do an auction. It's yeah. foreshadowing for that reward challenge and giving us the context of why it's so important to them. This gets one line. <laughs> it, it should have just been nothing. Yeah. And actually, it made me think Ethan was going to win the challenge because I was like, why are they showing us this? So that was a good bit of misdirection. But sure. one person being like, ah, I love these people, but I'm kind of alone. And then it kind of tangentially ties into the challenge, not the reward of it, which I thought it would, but the basis of the challenge the challenge itself yeah yeah <laughs> and then we immediately like i'm talking this is less than two minutes into the episode we already have tree mail for the reward challenge and lex comments that it's very early in the day yeah so yeah that's there's nothing for them really to show us i guess this could have been a clip of ethan completely out of context yeah and lex Lex makes a joke, the uh, you've got mail joke, which I thought was really funny. Very time appropriate. You've got mail. What was that, AOL? Yep. Mm. It sure was. Lovely. This flipbook would have driven me insane. One word per page? Yeah. They, 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 they get the, the tree mail, and it's literally, hey, what's going on? You're doing an... I'm a punctuation snob. Sure. At least when people are speaking. And having a period, well, essentially a period after every word, made me 
want to walk into Lake Michigan <laughs> and never return. <laughs> it hits yeah. the ear bad. Yes, it does. It's hard to... Well, it, you understand, because it's one word at a time, but it's just not fun to listen to. No. So, we go to a challenge, and this is the Survivor, not newlywed game. The Survivor, this is your family, they should know about you, goddammit, game. Sure. Now, some people had advantages over others. Ooh, talk to me about that. Who is more likely to know your deepest fear? Your husband? Or your mother? Like, or, you know... For Young Kim, for example, yep, it's much less obvious what the thing that she would be most proud of is as compared to Lex and Tom that have young children. Yes. That's the only answer you can give. Correct. And there's nothing they can do about that. It's just, I was watching, I was like, wow, like, there are some people that have significant, like, Ethan and Young Kim were fucked. <laughs> yes. 100%. Like, how old is it? Like, my mom knows me well, but, like, my mom, like... Those aren't things that, like, I would share with my mom, or at least my mom has, like, my mom watched me grow up. She can pull from 20 years of, you know, embarrassing moments. Yeah. Whereas, like, your wife or your husband would probably be someone that has, like, one or two in mind. You've never sat down with your mom and had a, a great conversation about your greatest fears? <laughs> well, my mother is my greatest fear, oh, so. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, mom, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> So yes, this challenge is four questions, and I'm going to give them credit. These are good questions to be asked. They are. They are much more open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. They're not strict, oh, this is a fact, this is a fact. It gives some leeway. It gives some opportunity for failure on both ends, which I think is great. Yeah. So four questions. Well, first, we get the, the video from everyone's family. Yeah. I've, I'm not going to, like, make fun of these people's families too much because they didn't choose to go on television. They're here supporting their family members. Sure. But yet, let's make fun of them. But yet, here's small little snippets. Teresa's family is clearly uncomfortable, including her husband. Yes. Most, mostly her husband. Yes. Who just, like, does not look comfortable on a camera. When he's interviewed for the, the actual questions, mm -hmm. he seems much more relaxed. Yeah. But with the whole family around, hilarious. Yep. He looks so, like, in a suit too small for him. I can't move. I can't make <laughs> expressions. Can't do it. Tom's family is exactly what I expected them to be. Oh, they're caricatures. They're so funny. A goat gets in the way. Yeah. Why did they record them there? I guess that family probably got to choose where to record, and they're like, it would not surprise me if Tom's family, like, were in the middle of doing chores, and like, well, I'm not going to stop, so just set it up right there. Yeah. <laughs> Old Kim's family is very sweet. Old Kim's family is super sweet. Just adorable. Lex's family is super cute. Yeah. Did you catch what Tom's wife said? Yep. I sure did. <laughs> Sexual I... innuendo involving a horse. <laughs> I'm riding this stud because Tom is gone and I can't ride that stud. Yeah, I mean, it's a joke, obviously, but it, it boils down to, I'm fucking this horse because I can't fuck you. I, no, I know. she's She means she's riding sure. the horse, but... But it's definitely sexual innuendo. I was more concerned about what the son said, which is, I know that Tom's out there chasing a little beaver. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Oh my God. Concerning from your son. Welcome to the mountains of West Virginia. Hey, one final one. Ethan's mom is drunk. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh, Ethan says it. I had to turn on the captions to kind of poke it because it is really quiet at this section for whatever reason. Ethan's mom is very drunk during this interview. Oh my God. I love that. It's so funny. Like they just finished dinner. So she probably had like a wine glass to kind of relax and maybe had a second one and then it was just too funny hilarious there's two other things i noticed go on behind ethan's mom what the fuck are those decorations i did not notice this you're gonna have to explain it they're like voodoo masks and stuff and i was like what and i was like did they did they did she get these because it was africa or is this something that's always hanging on their walls that was my thought is because ethan's in africa we want to be feel close to him 
It was weird. <laughs> and then Lex's wife being like, I miss you, and then giving him the fuck me eyes and being like, and also like, oh, I'm going to come back. Like, that's more explicit than we saw in the other two seasons. Yep. And I, I kind of, it's funny. I like Cute. it. I love it. Then we're explained, here's the challenge. You have four questions. Whoever gets the most right will get flown to, I can't even read my own notes. What was it called? The Masai I I Mara? didn't write down the name. Yeah, that sounds right. Masai Mara. Yeah. Where they're going to watch Wilderbeasts and they will be migrating. They're going to sleep overnight in at a, like a, a resort. Yeah. They're going to get up in the morning for a balloon ride. It's... The reward challenges... Remember season one when they flew in a single piece of pizza? Uh Like, how far we've come. How far we've come. This is... Between this and the water gallon... Much more than a gallon. Water Mm -hmm. tanker reward. Like, they're really upping their game on on the stakes of these reward challenges. Mm -hmm. They feel Mm -hmm. incredibly important. They feel way more important than seasons, you know, 41, 42, and on. Absolutely. And then here's the kicker. To, to, to get our sponsorship in here. And it's all being paid for ka-ching by Jeff's Visa card. They really shoehorn that in there. And also is hilarious because they had to do, they had to destroy this card yep. the minute they used it. Correct. They flash every number on the screen. Well, they do have like a whole year to do whatever they need to before yeah. it's actually shown. But they do show all the numbers. They show Jeff's name at the bottom. Yep. It's great. The only thing they didn't show was the security numbers on the back. Which is three numbers that you can just guess. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, I love that. I wonder how many people tried to use that on, like, online shopping that didn't exist at the time. <laughs> Probably not that many. Since it didn't exist at the time. Somebody had to. If, if you out there tried to put in Jeff's credit card number, email us. <laughs> I'll try it right now. Okay, let's see it. Stop the episode. We're no, going to try I'm it. I'm not doing that. So we're back. Jared tried it. It didn't work. <laughs> so we get to the questions. I'm just going to read off the questions and who was successful. Did you have anything you want to pull out here? Not really. I guess Kim's old Kim's husband was really overthinking the questions. Mm-hmm. Like he would give part of the answer that Kim said and then change when you really just want to go for the first thing on your mind with these types of things. Correct. I did love that Tom's never been embarrassed according to his wife. (laughs) Yeah. And young Kim's mom would think that her small chest was the thing that the physical thing that she didn't like about herself. Uh, that's, uh, that's kind of sad, but like, eh, our bodies are our bodies. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their own, everyone has insecurities. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. It was kind of funny. And I will talk, we'll get there. I really hope young Kim does come back. I don't think she does, but the, the more we've seen of her, the more I've liked her. Okay. And the, her listing the most brave thing she did was calling off her wedding last minute. Like that's a, that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. And tells me a lot about her character that makes me want to see more of her. Yeah. I, I wish I had found more information about that. I didn't. Yeah. But so be it. So the four questions. Your most embarrassing moment of your lifetime. Young Kim and Lex got that correct. Your least like physical trait. Old Kim and Tom got that right. So everybody except for Ethan has one at this point. Oh, no. Ethan and and Young Kim. Ethan and Young Kim. No, Young Kim got the first one right. Oh, you're right. No. Teresa. Teresa. There you go. Teresa did not do well in this challenge. No, God, no. Teresa did not get a single question right. Your greatest fear, Lex and Ethan got that right. My favorite part of this question was Teresa's response to, was it her husband? Whoever was answering the questions for her. Snakes? (laughs) Snakes? I wouldn't pick snakes. (laughs) beautiful. And then greatest achievement, Old Kim, Tom, Lex. Lex wins. And has to choose someone to go with him. Who would you have chosen? I probably also would have picked Tom. I agree. It was the right choice. Tom was the right choice in a a many number of ways. One, he did well in this challenge. Yeah. I don't think he's been on a whole lot of rewards. Yep. And Lex rationalizes this really well in that the person who needed this most 
is Tom. Yeah. To go out and see the world. Well, and Tom's a party guy. Like, yeah. he's he's the fun guy. I don't think anyone would hold it against Lex for taking Tom. And even strategically. I don't think Lex was thinking strategically. But taking Tom is smart. Yeah. It's great. So, Lex and Tom get to go on a mini vacation. Two days out of the game. While everyone else just sits around waiting. They... They flash back and forth a little mm-hmm. bit, but really just to emphasize the boredom that's going on back at, at Tribe. Yeah. And it's amazing what they do to kind of pass the time. Because mm-hmm. the more I look it up, the more they're like, yeah, we couldn't leave the camp, really. It's like you go out, you get firewood, you get water. That's it. There's it- so many things trying to kill you. Yeah, that that really is hurting this season significantly. Which is why they don't go back to Africa ever again. Good. I mean, I'm sure there's parts of Africa you could go to where yeah. there are less things trying to kill you, but you really need the ocean. Yeah. Did they ever do a Madagascar season? I don't think they'd be allowed to. Madagascar, is, from, from my understanding, is pretty like well-protected. It has a lot of... like. Oh fauna and stuff that only exists there makes sense i could be mistaking that maybe there's only parts of it you couldn't go to but i don't i can't imagine right. that they would it seems like an appropriate place for it but the, your logic here makes a lot of sense <laughs> it'd be like doing survivor galapagos <laughs> what could possibly go wrong there <laughs> so we then immediately jump to starting the reward and this reward section takes up a majority of the episode. I had to stop it once we actually get back to post-reward. And this was 45 minutes, or no, it was like 37 minutes into the 45-minute episode. Yeah, it's insane. It's at least two-thirds, more, probably a little bit more than two-thirds. And I will say, ever since Lex got off his power trip, I'm falling back in love with Lex. Yeah. Yeah, I he he kind of stopped his downward spiral, and he is a he is a very smart strategist, mm-hmm. and he he does ride the line between being too game focused and still being personable really well. That's a hard line to ride when you're somebody that is that is always on and always playing. And he does a good job of it, and yeah. I think I like seeing him and Tom like there is no strategy happening on this reward. None. It's great. Yep. And I will say that I think he. Feels a little vindicated because the person that he thinks put that vote on him is gone. Yeah. So maybe he just doesn't have to. After his his one blow up, boom, gone. That's true. We'll find out <laughs> next episode because yeah. there's more votes on him. Oh yeah. So they're giddy when boarding this plane. Hilarious. Tom we talked about Tom should experience Africa. That was his reasoning. And we we continue to flash the visa. We flashed this visa three times in this episode. We like they like hung on it for like ten seconds at yeah. one point. Hey, look at those numbers. You want to write them down? Write them down. <laughs> Pause now. Yeah. And then they fly in their plane straight to the resort, which is it's not as glamorous as I thought it would be. It it is like it's a glorified tent, but it has a bed. It has floor. See, that's the thing. It's not what you would think of glamorous like a Cancun. Yes. But that's why it's perfect because you're still in nature. Correct. And it's a, like that tent has to be really expensive. It mm-hmm. is a really nice tent. Yeah. And all the people bringing you food and all of that. Like, man, I don't know how much this costs production, but it is, <laughs> I'm guessing likely like $10,000. A lot. At least. All on Jeff's personal card. All on Jeff's... It's not his personal card. It's not his personal card, but they make it out to be. Also, did you catch on the plane Tom calls Lex tattoos? Yeah. Is that what he always calls them? No. I've never heard him say that before. It's very strange. Hey, tattoos, come look at this. <laughs> so they get in. They get to do a, a beautiful wildebeest tour. They see... Like, they're surrounded by hundreds, if not thousands of animals like they see the wildebeest they see zebras they see lions they just kind of like they're almost 40 feet from lions that are just kind of laying there are you talking about when they're in the vehicle yeah driving around yeah yeah the safari 
Yeah, this it's really cool. It's beautiful. It's a great shot. And just all of these shots, this seems like the coolest experience. Yes. This is what Disney is trying to do when they bring you to Animal Kingdom. Correct. To make it look like this. It's not this. No, it can, you can't replicate nature to that extent. Yeah. Going back to the, the flashbacks to camp, uh-huh. or flashovers to camp, I guess. Sure. I really like the idea of them making a deck of cards. Yeah. And old Kim teaching them cards. I agree. I think this is this is the cool bits that we don't necessarily get to see, other than the, the bowling alley from season one. Oh my one. god, the bowling alley. <laughs> I forgot about the bowling alley! You're welcome. How have they not made a bowling alley this season? They have room. Do they? They only have a big circle. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the Tom Quota, Quota Fest. Yeah. Quota, quote. Do you want to say quote this fest. one? Quote Fest is the word I was looking for. Sure. I'm just going to go down through all of them. Sure. Because they're all kind of, like, they're in context of what's going on, but I don't think the context for this podcast is important mm-hmm. because we were an audio medium only. So Tom says, and I quote, they're as ugly as a girl I used to date back home. Yep. I think you saw a hippo? Uh, the wildebeest. The wildebeest, that's right. <laughs> Talk about some animals grunting. Sounds like me on a good Saturday night when I get home. This is all back to back. Like, this happens in the span of a minute. Yeah. I never drank with a hippo before. <laughs> Love that. Talking about the, the lamb they get cooked. That salad stuff is nice for women and all. Yeah, I wrote that one down too. <laughs> and then, but, but uh, I'm a meat eater. Yeah, yeah, I'm a meat eater. And then, last but not least, don't worry, Lex, the Crocs won't get us because of my stinky socks. <laughs> that was paraphrased. <laughs> That's but cute. I like that. They're all kind of cute. I really... I have tried to keep Tom at arm's length uh-huh. because I was just... I joked about the beginning of the episode. Like, I was I was waiting for the hard R and word, yep. like, when Clarence was around. But I like Tom. Yeah. And he has a moment of self-reflection in this episode where he's talking about, like, my brain is... Or my, my mind's a tight little thing, is what he says. That's the last quote, when they're in the uh, hot air balloon. And that there might be more to life than what's around the corner at home. And I, you know, I wish it didn't take him until 45 to figure that out. But this is the inherent difference between somebody like Tom and somebody like Frank. Frank has decided he wants to learn nothing else. That he has his opinions... He has seen what he needs to see, and the world fits in his nice little... Or he'll make the world fit in his nice little box. Yeah. But Tom experiences new things and meets new people, and learns and adapts and grows and enjoys them and lives life, and it's really refreshing. If nothing else, he charms his way out of any problem. Yes. And you know what? There's something to be said about that. Yeah. Not, not always good, but something to be said about that. Yeah, and I should say, like, as a character, and, like, that's all with the with the giant asker. So, like, stop being creepy, Tom. Yeah. So, we finish the tour. We then get back to a full table of liquor bottles. Like, I've never seen this on Survivor before. <laughs> Usually it's, hey, we can make you a drink. Hey, here's a, a, a tray of beers for you to have. In, in season one, with the ambassador meeting, it was a few bottles of wine. Yeah. Yeah. To have... Four or five bottles of straight liquor. For two of them! For two of them. Who thought that was a good idea? Terrible idea. (laughs) For these people who are very dehydrated. The only thing I can think is that the show didn't have control over what this process was. Possibly. Like, that this was, hey, there, you know, the show went out and bought this package, mm-hmm. and this is just part of the package. Yeah. And they probably could have taken away, but it's like, well, yeah, we'll just buy the package, and then... Oh, it's only for two people, and here's seven bottles of liquor. <laughs> it's beautiful. So Tom gets himself into the bourbon. They they have drinks. They both have a drink. And then they're ushered away to dinner. Well, Tom is not finished with this bottle yet. He's had a couple of drinks, but he wants more. He brings the whole fifth of Jim Bean. Yeah. <laughs> he shoves it in his pocket, walks over to the dinner table, where they're, they're making a really nice-looking dinner. It, it looks delicious. Oh, yes. Yeah. I can't imagine being on corn mush and then having someone serve you a four-star meal. Like, oh, jump up in quality here. And Tom continues to drink and drink and get sloppy. Oh, yeah. This is, he's slurring his words. He is 
have to, he has to be carried by Lex over to the the tent for the night. So this is jumping way ahead, but in tribal council, Jeff asks them like, you know, are you proud of the way you've played the game? And Tom references this. He says, like, except for a few moments with Lex that I don't remember, so we'll see. Yes. <laughs> uh, he literally gets blackout drunk, and then they have to wake up at four in the morning. Yeah. Lex, Lex helps him, and, like, talks him down, like, hey, if you have to puke, puke outside, please. And just watching in horror as he continues to drink and drink and drink and get schwacier as he goes. <laughs> it's beautiful. But yes, they get woken up at four in the morning and I didn't think Tom was going to make it. He gets up and he's like full energy again. He's, I, he says a glass of water and some cookies and I'm ready to go. Insane. And, he's and, 45. Yeah. And he is. He's up and he's perky. He's cracking jokes with the balloon driver. Yeah. It's beautiful. So then they're going on with this balloon ride. Another really cool thing, just having one or having the other, the, the safari or the balloon ride, would be reward enough. Yeah. Together, amazing. This really should be two separate reward challenges. It really should. They go on, they have a good time, they talk about how safe a balloon ride is, and the, the driver's like, yeah, the biggest risk is uh, spilling your champagne on the way down. Ha 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 ha. Very British. Very British. He's very British. He really is. This, if I was on Survivor Mm -hmm. and I got this reward challenge, like, obviously you want a million, you want to win a million dollars. Correct. Obviously. But only one person's going to. And if I got this reward challenge, I would already feel like I won. Like, not the game, but I'd be like, if this is all I get, like, Mm -hmm. if if the game doesn't go the way I want it to from here on out, okay. There are some narratives about challenges, and specifically reward challenges, late in the game that we will talk about here. But Mm -hmm. I just want to make that point. I could see that at Final Tribal, somebody using it, if, like, Lex or Tom's in the Final Tribal, like, using it against them. (laughs) While they're on this balloon ride, they get to witness what I think is one of the coolest things, is an actual hunt by these lions. So, a lion, there are two wildebeests just kind of walking down the road, and they get spooked by a lion that just pops out of nowhere and chases. And you watch this, you think, oh, it's getting away, it's fine. And then another one pops up and chases it back toward the group. And I'm like, this is nature. Yeah. This is beautiful. It's horrifying, but it's beautiful. Another reason I think Tom's the right person to bring on this is Tom, like he's, in his own words, his mind's a tight little thing. <laughs> Get that mind ussy, if you will. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no. I hate myself. You should. Tom knows animals. Tom... Is the one that picks us out and is like, oh, look, if I was a lion, I'd hunt those people. And he, like, works with goats and lives in the Appalachias. And he has, there are multiple different types of intelligence. Mm -hmm. And Tom has a good understanding of nature and probably can appreciate this even more than maybe anyone else that's still there. Yeah. It's it's great. So, that's really it. And then when they get back, they're asked to describe the trip and everyone's, everyone's really bummed. So... You can tell they kind of play it down. They they want to be like, it was the greatest thing in my life. But also, it wasn't the greatest thing in my life. Hey, guys, like, it was cool. Uh, maybe they just don't show it to us. I really wish contestants would be more direct with it. Like, mm-hmm. when you get back, just be like, hey, guys, we had a great time. Yeah. It was awesome. You're, you want to hear the stories. Please don't hold this against me. I'm not the one who was only allowed to bring one person. Yeah. I, I, I hope that there's no hard feelings here. Um, maybe they have those conversations and we just don't see them. Yeah. But I feel like that's probably the best way to address it if you're a Lex or a Tom. If you wanted to put a game spin on it, and you could, you could talk about the rain. Because there was rain for the first time in a long time. Mm. And I'm sure they got it where the other tribe was. You could talk about, yeah, it, it rained through a lot of what we were doing, even though it didn't. Sure. Like... And, and gamify it a little bit. But also, everyone's so bored. Like, you, yeah. they want to hear your stories. Hear the they stories. Hear it. So, we jump right into the immunity challenge. And this is the... I mean, it's a twist on what we've done a couple times before. It's the weapon challenge. It's the weapon challenge where everyone has targets. And when all your targets are destroyed, you're gone. Yeah. They were using rungas, which I described as halfway between a club and a boomerang. 
Yeah, it's basically a throwing cudgel. Yeah. Ooh. I've never heard that word before. Go A cudgel? Cudgel, yeah. A cudgel is just a different word for a club, but usually it's uh, a club would be something that's more smaller where you hold it and mm-hmm. it grows to a bigger point. Sure. Whereas a cudgel is smaller around the handle and it grows to a, a ball or something else that's used as the weapon itself. Yeah, and I think that's the defining trait of what this was. Is mm-hmm. it, it did have a, a, a large globular end that they were throwing. As someone... So if, for those listening, I have a background in stage combat and I am a big nerd about stuff like this. So yeah, I love this challenge. This is a great challenge and a challenge that Tom kind of dominated. Yeah. Oh, I, the first thing I wrote down was damn Tom. Damn Tom. I mean, it fits. It fits well into his background. Like I can imagine you sitting around in when you're farming and just throwing things at things and killing time getting drunk putting the beer cans up there grabbing you know throwing knives and just going to town yeah (laughs) that that one was more personal throwing (laughs) knives specifically maybe maybe you yeah (laughs) tom gets out to the early lead old kim takes herself out which i thought was a really funny hilarious so funny a couple things of note here a couple people go down the first people that go down are Teresa and then Young Kim. Teresa and Young Kim. The Alliance. So it there don't it doesn't feel in personality wise mm-hmm. like there's tribal lines. Partially, I think, because of the tribe swap, partially because of who's left. Yeah. But like in season one, especially, and also in season two, you felt like everyone still had a label on of like, I am Ogakor or I am, you know, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't feel that way in camp life. Maybe also partially because they're fenced in together. Yeah. But then it comes across in things like challenges, where you can pick out people and Teresa and and young Kim are the first two to go. Yeah. And they have a really excited moment when... Lex goes down? Lex goes down. Mm -hmm. Both of them celebrate and then immediately, like, mute themselves. Like, oh, no, 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 no. No one can see that I'm excited that Lex got hit. Yeah. It, It was beautiful. If you were to, before this challenge, say... Your final two are going to be... Tom would have been one of my guesses. Yes. Old Kim, not so much. No. It would have been either Lex or Ethan. Lex, because he's won almost every challenge up to this point. Yep. And Ethan, because he's an athlete. Old Kim puts up a fight, though. She sure does. She, If she would have had one more shot, I think she would have got Tom. If she wouldn't have broken her own clay pot. Yeah. She probably would have... I wonder what happened if they would have tied if they both hit on the same throw? Yep. It's a good question. I wonder if the show knows. <laughs> or knew. Well, Jared, there has been... In recent seasons, there was one episode where they went into unprecedented territory where they're like, we have to call this game. I like We can no longer do this challenge mm. because the challenge is set up in a certain way yeah. that we just we can't do this anymore. Hmm. And it ended in a tie. Oh. Oh, that would have been interesting. And then it would have... So they would have both gotten immunity? Possibly. Wow. Okay. I don't I don't know in this specific scenario. Maybe Jeff would have pulled out some like, all right, let's do a trivia I was going to say, is it, it's going to be trivia again, isn't it? It's their go-to. <laughs> Comes down to who has votes on them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's wild. Huh. So yeah, Tom wins. And then we get nothing pre-tribal council. Nothing. We get... We get the attempt of a girls' alliance, and it since it since there's all of four seconds of conversation about it, I was like, "Well, okay, so that's not happening. It's <laughs> not going to work." <laughs> they have to set up some sort of uh, misdeed, right? Yeah. I did laugh though that Lex Lex said, "Watch the Buster the Boil as they put the yeah the on." <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and, and then we yeah we go right into tribal, and. This is a weird tribal. We we talk about what you miss from home. We don't talk about game, really. We just talk about individuals. We talk a little bit about game. Uh, asking them if they're proud of the way that they've played the game. Yeah. I think is talking about game. Mm-hmm. But you're right. We spend a lot of time with them, yeah, just like reminiscing on home life and all of that. You're right at the top of this episode. This This episode feels like a filler episode. Yeah. I haven't felt a filler episode since season one. Like when it was just 
people on the minority tribe getting picked off one by one, mm-hmm. and so they there was no gameplay happening, so they had to do these types of episodes. And I don't want to frame it as a filler episode in a bad way. Oh, I, no. I think it had good content. Yeah. It just didn't have much game content. Yes. Which is a little off-putting, but still fun. Yeah, I mean... As opposed to the filler episodes that we saw in, like, season one, where they're like, we don't have anything to show. Right. Let's let's fill it with lazing around camp. (laughs) Let's talk how miserable we are. Yeah. Highlights from me, like, what do you miss? Everyone's, like, family. Ethan said a couch, which I think is... It's a creature comfort, I get it. Yeah, and he said not to think about it. Like, what's off your... I think Ethan's the only one who took that seriously. Well, Tom says cheeseburger. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I love that he's cheeseburger yeah, right away. Cheeseburger. He's the only one that gets punished for it, though. Like, Jeff kind of calls him out for it, not Ethan. Yeah, but I don't think that... When, Tom's wife says he's never been embarrassed, and I don't think he was embarrassed by this at all. Valid. <laughs> but everyone says that they're proud of how they played. And, yeah. Like, good for them. Other than Teresa saying, I wish I didn't get into... An alliance so early. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think was her fault it was kind of forced upon her true by what the young people were doing true but she doesn't there's two of them on or no one of them on the jury sure no reason to throw them under the bus like that the two of them on the jury kelly wasn't part of that valid yeah sorry i'm thinking ahead to how this vote goes <laughs> oh yes you're right now two of them on the jury yep my bad yeah overall this this just feels less clicky i appreciate that yeah so Kim is eliminated. We, we lose young Kim. Kim Powers. I like young Kim. We're down to one Kim, though. Down to one Kim. We can I'll just... continue to call her old Kim, because it took too long in the season for <laughs> them to only be one. Yeah, it's it's a four to two vote. It's yeah. pretty clear. We, we're trying to make that hope that maybe Tom will flip over, or maybe maybe old Kim will flip over. Neither of them do. They need it, or they, they need it both, because Lex... Wait, no, Lex has a, bun- has a, has has a votes on bunch him. bunch of votes. You needed one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Tom did say he did seem to feel very betrayed by the Brandon thing. Still, yeah, I'm surprised he brought that up after the reward challenge. I thought that kind of smoothed everything over, and it probably did enough. They just want to give us a little bit of drama, but yeah. But, but Lex did me wrong. Lex did him wrong. <laughs> so Kim P's eliminated. How do you think Kim P does in a future season of Survivor? I think better. Or well, she got pretty far, but I think she'd have. Mm more control over her own destiny as far as far as how far she made it i think probably pretty similar yeah but i could see her being on the power side of the alliance instead Mm -hmm. of the non-power side of the alliance yeah she tried to make some good moves Mm -hmm. and was very willing to work with people that she didn't work with early in the season like Teresa and frank yeah i think that she kind of got screwed by the season that she's in yeah i think that's the biggest hindrance is that she did try to make moves and she would be a, a good one to kind of like rally people from other tribes mm-hmm. if that were even possible at this point in the game right yep and it it is there are some glimmers there but the not... only thing she would have to be worried about is being anytime that you are a young woman on survivor you have to worry about being voted off before the merge mm-hmm. to keep the tribe's physical strength sure but she seems like she's pretty physically strong so oh, i wouldn't be worried about that no i don't think she would be a first pick off no god no so yes, we do not see Kim P ever again. That's a shame. It it is a shame. I think Kim is fun. I think she would have been a, a good pick for all stars, but w- like we talked about before, she kind of fills the position that has already been filled. Is there's just too many people? Yeah, and they're t- they're trying to bank on the what made them big, and they're gonna pick the ones from the first couple seasons. Sure. And also. I feel like people in season two got screwed more than people in season three. Like, for the the way the season was set up Mm -hmm. and the way that they (laughs) executed it, how fucking brutal it was. So I understand why most of the people in season two returned. Kim P goes on and marries a future Survivor contestant. Oh. I won't tell you who. Okay. But marries a future Survivor contestant. How future? Like, th- uh, well, you don't they, have to give me a season, but like, are we talking like pre twenty, post twenty, way pre twenty? For context, they get married in two thousand six. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yep, and adopt a daughter. And she, the person that she marries on Survivor, they like that they got married after he went on Survivor. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they were not in the same season, so sure. it's just just a cool little coinkydink. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure the community, like, they get together. They have sure great things. I've seen pictures of people who have of survivor contestants, survivor winners getting together and and hanging out. So yeah, I think that's fun. Anything else about her? I didn't have a whole lot about her. Okay, it's um, I'm I'm sure that our our good buddy Tyler will fill me in on so many things that like why didn't you see this? Like I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I looked. Yes, and that was the thing that Josh pointed out was that Kim Powers is married to a future contestant. Okay, so that's fun. Yay! Uh, my protagonist of the episode, yes, is Tom. Yeah, as it should be. As it should be. It's a very, it's very fitting that the filler episode is the Tom episode because Tom is lovable, but hasn't really done a whole lot of gameplay because mm-hmm. he hasn't had to. Yeah, and that could benefit him. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, he he is. It's not even his reward challenge, and yet he is the star of the reward challenge. He wins immunity in a landslide. It's yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. It's it's yeah, it has to be Tom. As it should be. Anything else you'd like to talk about before we wrap this episode? No. Remind me, this will be a cliffhanger for everyone uh, for the next episode, but remind me that at the top of next episode, I want to talk to you about how somebody hacked my Grubhub account and what <laughs> happened. Oh my god, I want to know about this. It's hilarious. That's amazing. Okay, cool. Then let's, uh, let's, let's move on so I can hear this story. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Jared and I are going to end this episode. We're going to watch another episode and get back and record again. It's going to be great. Back to back, baby. Yeah, well, we're going to get lunch first because Jared's feeling a little tipsy. Not really. I was in the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, it's better now. Okay. I'm just really hungry. Mmm. Food. Chipotle. <laughs> Donut. <laughs> Anything you'd like to promote? It's going to be coming out after it, but promote... New Year's Eve. It's great. I love New Year's Eve. Go out. Make it whatever you want it to be. That's the thing. There's no expectations around New Year's Eve. I'm a partier. I'm I'm an extrovert whose battery is charged by social interactions. So it is a holiday made for me. But even if you're an introvert and it's just like you want to read a book into the new year, great. Nobody nobody needs anything from you. Just make it about you. Nice. I, in lieu of something to promote, I have a, a fun little game we're going to play. Jared, how well do you know Pokemon? Not as well as you. Good. Then this will be fun. This is called Pokemon or Prescription Medicine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have a list of 20 names. We're not going to do all 20. So I'm going to have you pick a number between 1 and 20 and tell me if it's a Pokemon or a prescription medication. Okay. Uh, six. Six is Domperidone. Say that one more time. Domperidone. That's a Pokemon. That is prescription medicine. What? <laughs> yeah. I worked in a pharmacy for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> Want to go again? Yeah. Okay. Twelve. Twelve. Ladian. One more time. Ladian. Ladian. Yeah. That's got to be a Pokemon. That is a Pokemon. Okay. Good. Okay, we're one on one. We got to do one more. Okay. Nineteen. Nineteen. Tricor. That's a prescription drug. That is a prescription drug. Yay! Yay! That's the brand name for a prescription drug. Yeah. (laughs) So you asked me if I knew Pokemon. You didn't ask me if I knew prescription drugs. Correct. Well, I was hoping that they're just a little bit... To throw some other names in here if you want to play. It's harder than it should be. If you want to continue playing this at home. Number one, Excelgore. Two, Benicar. Three, Celebi. Four Celebrex. Okay, Celebi is easy. Five Crestor. Crestor is a prescription drug. Seven Lumise. I L L U M I S E. Eight Incavec. I N C I V E K. Okay. Number nine Genuvia. Ten Lapras. Okay, well Lapras is easy. <laughs> Eleven Levani. This is why I had to pick numbers. Twelve we did. Thirteen Nidorina. <laughs> Okay, that was easy, too. Yeah. 14, Novolog. I take that! <laughs> 15, Kulava. 16, Spiriva. Spiriva, I've seen the commercials. That's a drug. 17, Staravia. That's a country. 
No. <laughs> no, I think that one's probably a Pokemon. This is a Pokemon. Yeah. 18, Tranquil. 19, Tricor. We did that one. And 20, Vinblastine. That last one feels like a drug. It is a drug. Okay. Cool. That's hard. That is hard. Except for, well, that's, most of those are hard. Some of them are hard, which is, again, why I had you pick. I wanted to make it a little fair. There's like three Pokemon and uh, that I know on there 100% and one drug I am actively taking right now <laughs> through my diabetic cough. So that made that much easier. Wait, let me, how many Pokemon are there? Nine. There are nine in that list of 20. So enjoy that. For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>